1: Welcome everybody to another brand new
2: episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Christie's as always. Please, before I get started, like I always say, make sure you hit subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and hit follow if you're listening on any audio platforms. Thank you very, very much for that. Today's guest is a man really, really excited to speak to him. He's somewhat of a veteran in in the business, despite only being 34 years old, so still a long, long career ahead of him. Um, Been wrestling for 17 years, half of his life. So um, he's made appearances for WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is, of course, the one and only Mr. Taylor Rust. Thank you so much for joining me, Taylor. How, how are things, man? How's things for you where you are now?
0: Hey, man, it's a new year. It's 2022. You know, uh, we're being very positive about our prospects going forward, obviously. It's the only mindset you can really have. So, yeah, man, we'll see what happens this year. Looking forward to it a lot. You know, a lot of great things with New Japan coming up, obviously. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Seattle, Washington uh, with New Japan. So, we'll be starting the year off there. Going you know, nice and, you know, pun, not intended, but strong start the year. Yeah, man.
2: Starting it off with a bang, but after after the last couple of years, like, this year can only get better. Surely, hopefully. <laughs> it, it can only get better. It surely can't get any worse, anyway.
0: So. Hey, man, the world's got lots of, uh, there's lots of paths in life, you know, man. Like, we've all got different paths we take individually, and uh, especially when it comes to, like, the unexpectedness that it is covid time pro wrestling yeah. like i've seen left and right bookings getting canceled you know some of my own few bookings are getting canceled unfortunately just because of, you know being in california a lot of the covid protocols are getting very strict again because of a lot of the new variants so yeah it's a hard time for a lot of things you know uh independent wrestling is definitely not exempt from the world that's going on around us yeah, um, no,
2: you're right, uh, but th- things for us over in the UK are sort of going the opposite way. Things are getting a little bit more relaxed, even though we're getting many, many tens of thousands of people going into hospital every day. It's, it's weird. Things seem to be getting more free and more open again. It's very strange. But then on the other hand, if you can work from home, you're being told to work from home. I don't think anybody really knows. You know what I mean? Like The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing.
0: You know, interesting thing i remember um I was going to w x w in the very beginning of twenty twenty and I had a layover there in the u k There was a very heavy storm that was coming through uh in february early february twenty twenty very heavy storm and it ended up grounding like all flights, and I was stuck in the u k for a few days, just waiting to go forward in germany hmm. and I remember seeing on the news there in London where I was staying uh they were talking about how there were eight cases of COVID that were now found in the UK. Eight. And my thought process was like, man, like, that, that virus is actually kind of spreading, huh? And I thought it was just in China, maybe a few in the United States, now was eight of them in, you know, the UK. Like, how big is this thing really going to get? And then like a month and a half later, the entire world shut down.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it, it, it really, like, crept out of nowhere didn't seem like a big deal everybody was like ah it'll be it'll be gone in a few months it's just like another flu or like another cold and then just boom out of nowhere it just yeah took over the world i was um i was on my honeymoon in italy um as Mm. they got it we were in um we were in milan and then up north i'm not sure where in italy up north but um i think it might have been rome like half of the country up the top half just completely shut down while we were in italy and we were like shit, are we going to be, are we going to be stuck
0: overseas? Yeah, I was, I was in a Blackpool, actually, when <clears throat> everything started happening the weekend that everything started shutting down and the, the boaters started closing. I was in Blackpool for PCW and, and we went from there to Preston and me and uh, Daniel Macab, we were both, you know, obviously two American guys, or I'm American, he's Canadian, but we were both the porner guys and we're like, man, like. We got to get out of here like to be able to go back home still right like what's going on like i have to go back to germany my stuff's all over in that place i'm not going back to the united states just yet and i remember actually leaving uh from those bookings that last weekend there in the uk and going back to germany on sunday and it was the next day monday that the news came out that germany had closed its borders nobody could get in that wasn't an actual you know resident of the country so that was like a Schengen and visa i believe it was And I was like, man, I slid right under that door to get back into there and get my stuff. (laughs) What a crazy couple of years. I never, never
2: expected to live through anything like this in the rest of my life. But anyway, anyway, we spent the last two years constantly talking about COVID. So let's, let's try and move on from COVID. (laughs) Um, So I, I really apologize if you've been asked any of these questions before. I know you've done a few podcasts Sort of like in the last six months, I don't tend to watch or, or read other podcasts. Don't worry about it. I like to just ask the questions that I want to know the answers to. So, as I'm sure you probably expected, I, I, I wanted to ask about NXT and, and your release from WWE. It's you're probably sick to death of talking about it, but it was <laughs> your <clears throat> your um, your release was one of the more surprising ones for me. I'll be honest because I have long been a huge, huge, huge NXT fan, especially the black and gold. That era of NXT was incredible. My my favorite period of wrestling, in all honestly, since the Attitude Era. Um, and you you were like a, a pretty pivotal, not mainstay, but you were used really well during your your time in NXT. You were used regularly, lots of TV time. Um, you know, yeah. alongside Timothy Thatcher at first, and then a key member of, of Diamond Mine. And I was really excited for Diamond Mine. It seemed like it was going to be a really big deal and used a lot going forward. And then just, boom, you you, you just seemed to be gone like a couple of months for Diamond Mine. So like was, I, I'm i pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, but was that as shocking for you as it was for me, especially when you, in hindsight, look and see that the, the group is still going quite strong now?
0: Yeah, I mean, of course it was a big shock, you know. Everything we're getting told to that point was um, nothing but extremely positive, you know, insights from anybody that's running NXT. It was all very positive feedback from everybody, man. Uh, How much they really enjoyed the work I was doing, how much they enjoyed the work that me and Roddy were doing as a team there. You know, Malcolm's obviously an incredible mouthpiece. Hideki was this, you know, new force to be reckoned with. Um, It was really a positive huge hugely positive thing with all of them and i remember i worked a lot with finley at the time you know as far as like agenting matches and he was always very hands-on with the diamond mine stuff that we were doing to try and give it more of that realistic touch because finley as you know is incredible at that and he was always telling me that hey this is some of the best work i think i've seen you do here just so you know i'm like man like if fitz give me this this kind of critiques like this means something a lot to me man this means i'm doing the right thing we're on the right path and then like yeah two weeks later i get the phone call that i'm released and i'm like okay well that's unexpected <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah really strange like what were you given much of a reason or was it just the old budget cuts thing because that that makes yeah. so little sense when they've then gone and added like what four new members to the group
0: I mean, those guys were already uh, in developmental, and uh, there was an idea of actually having them always there before even I left. Um, there was, you know, a little talks so like things they could do, like, you know, expansion, how they could move the group, how they could expand the group. I know they wanted to start it off as being a very uh, strong contender for like a serious wrestler group. But like they needed guys that were looked at as serious wrestlers to make that image. And that's where you had Roderick Strong, myself, and Hideki Suzuki, three guys that are looked at as, Hey, these guys are just technical hard hitting wrestlers when they're in the ring. So we put them together. This is going to give it that image. And then that's going to set Diamond Mind the right tone going forward, I believe. And I did, you know, uh, the Casper brothers, I believe, uh, the Creed, sorry, the, the Creed brothers, Absolutely insanely phenomenal athletes. You know, Ivy Nile, she's an absolutely insanely phenomenal athlete. So they're doing incredible things still, honestly. And I've talked with them since and I've told them, you know, hey man, like you guys make stars of yourself. Like go out there and be stars. Like do everything you can do. Just take this time that they're giving you and take it to the moon, man. Like they can do it. They really can. And I think that they have uh, all the talent in the world and that they'll be able to, you know. Diamond Mind's going a different direction right now and it's an incredible one still, nonetheless, I think.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. And it's it's really refreshing because I've, I've spoken to a few um, former NXT stars, former WWE wrestlers, and it's really refreshing to hear you you know talk about the advice that you gave to those guys there doesn't seem to be any bitterness there doesn't seem to be any regret you don't seem to be angry and obviously we see especially in the you know the the social media internet wrestling community you see so many ex-employees go out and just go on the offensive but it's, it's really really refreshing to see you you know you, you seem to not hold any resentment i guess is the best word
0: Oh, no resentments at all, man. I had a great time. And I mean, even before then, everything I was doing, I was very, very uh, fortunate to teaming up with Malcolm. He's an incredible mouthpiece. You know, Malcolm's a gigantic personality, you know, and me and him had so much fun together, man. Honestly, like from the time I got there, uh, Shawn Michaels took a shine to me like right away. And it was just, you had this vision of what, you know, life could be like if you're ever a WWE superstar and you work really really hard to get there and then you get there and say okay now like this can go one of a million ways we'll see what happens and the way it went for me honestly i couldn't have asked for anything more it was they they took a shine to me they used me right away i didn't have to wait around for tv use like yeah i gotta put the tv right away and they had all the faith in my work and they were loving everything and you know i mean eventually it came down to just I think more so than budget cuts was just a uh, change in the style of nxt as we've all seen yeah you know what i mean i think that's more so than it's not so much budget cuts it's more so i mean i'll be honest with you man i'm 34 years old you know i've been wrestling for 17 years like you said uh it sounds great as far as a guy with a lot of experience but the image of nxt they want is not that right now the image of nxt they want is the next generation of young people to come in to mold and to be the next you know veterans and maybe like 10 more years and i'm unfortunately not a part of that group so they've kind of just changed the vibe i think of what they were really wanting one hand wanted you know one hand wanted the black and gold brand and one hand wanted nxt 2.0 and i think in the end the one that wanted nxt 2.0 is the one that kind of won and that's where we are now have you have you checked out much of 2.0 at all?
2: Like, what do you think of the way that they've gone? Are you enjoying the, the change of direction?
0: Uh, it's, there's a few people on there that I'm really close friends with, and I'm absolutely loving seeing how much they're being used right now. Like uh, Joe Gacy, for example. Yes. He, me and Joe Gacy got signed at the exact same time, but he sat around, you know, just not doing TV things. And I would always talk like, man, like when are they going to put you on? What are they doing? What's happening? Cause Joe is a phenomenal guy, man. He's been doing wrestling for a long time and he's earned his stripes and he, he deserves the moon too, but he's had to wait for a long time when we were there. And it wasn't until after I was gone, that he finally started getting that TV time realistically, like for himself. And because of the change that they did in NXT 2.0, they gave him more of a stage and more mouthpiece and more, Hey, here's the ball, Steve. You can run with it. And Joe's done amazing things. And so now, seeing Joe Gacy being a big player on NXT 2.0, man, like that really brightens me up. Yeah, he really is. He's awesome. I love the
2: character. I like how um, I like how relatable it is. And what I really like about his character is like all he's doing is telling the truth. And and that's pissing a lot of people off. And people are trying to get him cancelled. but but the fact that they're trying to do that means that his character is is working, isn't it? He's very very good. I think he is main roster bound one day so i oh, it's yeah. a great character it could really work um so, so some of those guys that i've spoken to in the past who were released they said that just after they released like within a few days or a couple of weeks they were receiving phone calls from people within the company who were surprised people like sean michaels and triple h who were really surprised or annoyed that they were released did you get anybody reaching out to you to sort of like just offer
0: you their condolences or anything like that yeah, I mean, of course, you know, you work hand in hand with everybody there, like, on a daily basis. So it becomes a very tight-knit community right away, so when you get signed and when you go there, you know, down to the uh, Performance Center, it's very, very tight-knit. Because you're literally seeing these people, like, Monday through Friday, and you are dealing with your WWE at this point, man. This is one of the biggest stages in all professional wrestling, consistently week after week. So you have to, you get you get a close bond. And, you know, yeah, a lot of the coaches i would worked with, uh, you know, the producers, you know, they always you know, reached out. Um, I had talked to a few of them since as well, you know, like uh, with them getting released. Unfortunately, yeah. I remember when Scotty Tuhati had left the review recently, me and him had a nice little conversation because he was my first coach. When I went in there and we never really met beforehand. Yeah. And was, we clicked really well, bonded really well. And he was the one that went to bat for me at first. I think uh, he told me at Shawn Michaels approached him and was just like, hey, Scotty, let me ask you about one of the students you have, uh, you know, Russ. My real name is Russ, you know, you know, Russ. Uh, how is he? I, I, I'm, I'm interested in this guy. I like his look. I've seen some of his stuff. But how is he You know, in training? What do you think of him? And he told him, you know, like, this guy is ready for anything you guys are going to give him. Like, he's, he's, he's beyond ready for it. And he's like, okay. And that was Scotty was the one that gave me that final seal of approval for Sean to hey man we're gonna start putting you a TV right away. So he, Scotty Tuhati is a guy that wants to help the younger generation more than anything. You know what I mean? Like he's an incredible worth worth in the mind, and he can still go in the ring apparently as we've all seen now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: But a lot of guys like him, you know what I mean? Steve Carino is another one that was very very helpful. Finley, you know, those are like. I spent a lot of time with those guys, you know, I mean, even uh, as far as like Ace steel who, you know, unfortunately recently got cut as well. Yes. Um, he was, you know, Chris guy is his name and Chris, man, he was a uh, coach guy was like, he's really, really good as far as like helping teach like the aggressiveness of wrestling, you know, the intensity you want, the controlled intensity for it. So just honestly, world, world renowned coaches that they have there. And you, you really get a close bond with these people. and, and in itself is a, such a unique experience, you know what I mean? I'll probably be asking questions about it for the rest of my life because of it. I think.
2: <laughs> I'm really happy to see um, Scotty Too Hotty back back in the ring. Like you said, he had the match against um, Joey Janela in GCW, and he looked mm-hmm. like he looked like he looked like he'd never stepped away from the ring. And I feel really, I look a bit of an idiot because I didn't even know he was an NXT coach until he was released. I was like Scott Garland, like I'm sure I know that name, and I was like, oh my god. Like I had no idea because he's one of those guys who he strikes me as he just wants to help and he doesn't want any of the glory himself. He doesn't want to be known. You know what I mean? Like sort of goes under the radar and just wants to be a mentor.
0: Yeah, that's 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 you know that's a lot of the coaches there, and I would say it's probably most of the coaches that they have. there are actually yes, you know, they're extremely talented, but the reason they're there is because they're not there for selfish reasons. They're there because hey, man, they want to help the next generation. Yeah. You know, Brian Kendrickson, are one of those guys, you know, incredible coach, incredible mind, can still go on the ring, but he'd rather just help the next generation get along and, you know, come into their own.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You want to give back to the business that's given them so much, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really nice to hear, man. Um, another, another person I wanted to speak about in NXT as well, Timothy Thatcher, you, we, we mentioned his name a few minutes ago, like you've known, you've known Thatcher for a long time, haven't you? You've wrestled together for, for many years.
0: And yeah, it's was- him when he first started breaking into the business. Yeah. Because we're both from California, so you know, we met him on the local independent scene out here.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and then he's been released as well now, literally, like in the last, uh, it was about four or five days ago, I think he was, the time of recording this. I, I, I really don't understand what's going on there in NXT. I know that there's obviously the whole 2.0 thing, but there are so many talented guys being released who it feels like could still. Give something more when there are so many young guys coming through, you know, like like a Bron breaker. Yes, he's amazing, and I'm sure he's going to be the future of the company. But a Thatcher or somebody like yourself to be there to help guide these guys through and train these guys. Like, it's have, have you spoken to to Timothy? I assume you've spoken to him since he was released.
0: Yeah, me and Tim are uh, you know, we're friends, and we'll talk from time to time. So obviously, you know, when I got released, he was one of the first people to hit me up. You know, just hey, I'm very sorry, friend. We always had one joke when we were in Florida, we would do a couple of hikes, you know, around the area. In California, you can do a lot of hiking in California. Uh, and if you know this, but Florida is probably the flattest state in all of the United States. So there's absolutely no hiking in Florida. There is swamp walking. You can walk around a swamp in a circle. That's what you do. It's, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty dull. Anyhow, so we did that a couple of times and I was like, "Man, this sucks." Like, <laughs> this sucks. So, he said, whenever I got released, he was like, Hey friend, I'm really sorry. Uh, maybe now you can go find a few better hikes to do at least.
2: <laughs> yeah, look on the bright side. <laughs>
0: think, uh, yeah. So I told him after he same. Unfortunately now, I was like, Hey man, I'm real sorry, man. But if you come back to California, let me know. Or we'll go find a mountain sometime. <laughs>
2: awesome. Sounds brilliant. It's nice I like I really like hearing stories like that. I like to hear about like friends in the business because you it seems like such a every man for himself sort of industry so it's nice to hear when people are there like looking out for each other um the last thing i wanted to ask about wwe because like i said you must get asked about this stuff so much the last thing i wanted to ask was you've you've made appearances for wwe dating back to like 2007 was it or 2008 so 13 nearly 14 years uh smackdown ecw raw commercials you had tryouts you were at camps all that kind of stuff the don't try this at home commercials how do those opportunities come about for for an indie wrestler that's just something that i've always been really keen to to learn like do you just have to be in the right place at the right time or is it when they come into your town that you're in
0: yeah it's basically when they come into your town uh originally it was always like you know the right person who they would usually say, hey, we're coming into this area. And they know the drill. If there's anyone that they would suggest they to be taking a look at or they think won't make them even look bad, then they just say, yeah, if you need an extra person, extra person on hand, I suggest this guy, this guy, this guy. And, you so, know, they'll usually, as they go to each town, they kind of have a routine set of people they'll work with in each area. So once you get in the first time, as long as you do well, usually you kind of get like a, oh, Next time when they come around back again, like, you know, they came. I think the first time was like, uh, honestly, it was like October or something like that or September or August something like that. I remember. And then like they came back around like three months later and I got a second call. And I was like, oh, OK. So obviously, yeah, it was like when I did a big show match. Me and Joey Ryan and Matt Jackson all wrestled the big show. And then they came around again like three months later and we were all druids for The Undertaker at this point now. And then they came around again like four or five months later and i did a match against like a uh, kozlov on ecw and it was like oh hey like they just you're know, you getting you're just getting those calls those routine calls i remember um and then like the commercials, the same thing like uh, that was sort of random i remember just being in the gym one day working out and i got a text from one of my buddies and was like hey man just so you know i got a call from wwe uh for a commercial and they asked me who else would be in the area would be good and i gave him your name you know cuz you have a look they're probably going to
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I,
0: yeah, I think I was like 23 at the time. And I was like, oh, that's not so exciting. Let's see what happens. And then, like, it was like two seconds later, my phone's ringing. And number I don't know. I'm like, this is probably it. And sure enough, they were. But oddly, I remember on that call, uh, he had told me in the text, he's like, if they ask you about your height, say you're under 5'9", because I'm like six feet. And so she calls me. It was an office girl who worked for WWE at the time and uh, says, hey, uh, really quick, how tall are you by chance? I'm like, oh, I'm like 5'8 uh, and a half. And she's like, "Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Let's—we can totally use you for this commercial shoot." And which I remember, like subconsciously, the entire time I was there, trying to like not stand up perfectly straight, trying to like slouch and spread my feet a little bit, you know, like, uh, "Don't be taller than Kofi Kingston." Got it. Let me try and get shorter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just take your shoes off. Uh, so, so that, like, yeah. so, so the rumors are true. Then they—they—they they, they do things, don't they, to have people appear smaller than. You see in, in backstage interviews all the time, don't you? Like um, Tom Phillips, uh, Tom mm. Hannafin, he's he's a fairly tall guy, but I remember seeing pictures of him sort of like squatting down a little bit to be smaller than, uh, I think it was Kevin Owens, who's not a tall guy.
0: Uh, he's about the same height as me. I think we're both like six feet tall. Yeah, Todd Phillips is a little bit taller. But, I mean, you'll see that, honestly. That's not that a view. Yeah, it's like probably all of – I want to say probably all of – entertainment industry. Anybody interviewing someone else, you're never going to see them really being bigger. You're never going to see a reporter being six foot three when interviewing somebody who's five eight, right? Like, if they're always going to be... They want eye level the same, that's why. As long as your eye level is the same, then you can have a better picture image. But if you're doing this to try and get both people...
2: <laughs> yeah, I always see people... Well, it's Twitter, isn't it? Full of angry people. I always, I always see people who are angry about it, saying, like, oh, it's ridiculous. Why did they make them do it? Like, just think about it. Like... It makes sense imagine if uh, this is yeah. going to happen but imagine if the interviewer was taller than the big show or the great carly or even just someone like roman reigns it would look it would look
0: stupid a tall interviewer a very tall interview. <laughs> seven foot five interviewer like where did you get him from <laughs> What? <laughs> How did he get him the
2: awesome right um i want to move on from wwe um thank you for being like really honest and candid about about your time there i really appreciate it um I wanted to talk about Ring of Honor because I was absolutely thrilled to see you land in Ring of Honor. I have been a huge, huge, huge fan of the product and the promotion for so many years. I've interviewed loads of Ring of Honor guys and women, probably like 20 or 30 just in the last year or so. Um, obviously, any chance at a long-term stay has obviously been put on on hold because of Ring of Honor's hiatus. Um, we're not 100% sure what's going to happen if they come back in April full time or not but i know they're reimagining the promotion so i'm I'm excited to see what happens but that must have been a pretty rough couple of months for you um obviously the nxt release looks like something might be happening with ring of honor and then ring of honor go on a break well like i know you mentioned at the start that you're going into a new year feeling really optimistic but like when things like that happen not just one major roadblock but another one so soon after literally within months like how do you deal with that Two massive disappointments like that in a row
0: <laughs> you just do you just do, yeah. <laughs> you just do I don't know what to say with that man uh, I remember I made the joke to my sister I was like, after I found out I was like, I think I'm going to write a book called uh, How to Lose Your Dream Job Twice in the Same Year <laughs> An Unsuccess Story <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. It's, it is what it is, you know. I mean, life is a lot of roads, like I said. And like it sucked. Whenever I, when I got released, I knew for sure I was fine because I had a very good relationship with ROH. I had made sure to like after I uh, did the Pure Wrestling Tournament, they were very interested, and I told them about WWE right away. And they had just said, "If anything happens, let us know." And I made sure to keep you know that door open with them because of you know, WWE. we all ended going into it. Hey man, this could be one year. This could be 17 years. Who knows? So, uh, when I did get cut, they were like the first people I reached out to, you know, and they were very welcoming. And of course, we all, we'd love to have you here, man. You're a great talent. Like 100%. Like we, and then obviously it was followed up with, you know, we can't talk long-term stuff just yet. We have to wait until January, but in January, we can talk that with you. And I was like, perfect. I had, no issues, no qualms. You know, I was fine with it. And then, of course, the news that it is now. So it's like, well, okay. Now we'll see what kind of happens uh, this year if you know, that's not in the plan. So, yeah. Yeah. Such a
2: shame. Like I say, such a shame. Um, what they did during the pandemic, the way they supported their superstars, their, their talent, their staff was incredible. Like, I don't, I can't imagine any other promotion would have done that, the way that that Ring of Honor really just came through for everybody. It's such a shame to see. But on the bright side, at least during your dealings with Ring of Honor, you got to compete at uh, Death Before Dishonor against Jake Atlas. You were part, as you said, of the amazing Pure tournament back in 2020. That was absolutely incredible. Uh, Final battle, just like literally a few weeks ago, um, some of Ring of Honor's top guys like the Briscoes, everybody involved within the foundation, like Ring of Honor, as you said, they really liked you, and it feels, feels like a really good fit for you, especially with things like the Pure Division. It, it seems like it would really suit you and your style. Like, Is that what attracted you to Ring of Honor in the first place, what they were doing with that technical, map-based kind of style?
0: I've been attracted to Ring of Honor since I was probably like 17 years old, man. Like, when I first started getting into wrestling, I didn't really know too much about what independent wrestling honestly was. It was through uh, Paul London and you know Brian Kendrick and an American Dragon and their ROH matches exactly is what caught my eye. It's like, what is this? This is like something totally different than what I've like ever seen being done, you know, like on WWE. And I was being trained and taught at the time, you know, by like uh uh TJ Perkins, Rocky Romero. Uh, Ricky Reyes, you know, um, because they were doing the Santa Monica Inoki Dojo for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they were kind of having their little following outs at the time. And so they started coming back to a school I was at, basically, and they were teaching me what they had already learned from over there. But everything they were teaching me is what I'm seeing now being used on like this ROH, you know, matches, this high level wrestling. Here's these high level techniques. I'm trying to grasp it at, you know, a young age of like 18, 19, like, man, this is like complex stuff. And I'm watching it being happened in these matches. I'm like, this is the place to like excel. This is ROH. This company is top. This is independence, but it's top of the line. You can tell. So, I mean, yeah, getting the chance to actually be a part of the peer wrestling division, making that my ROH, you know, introduction, like, yeah, that was a pretty big thing to me, man. Yeah. Well, especially
2: getting the chance to work with, um, Who did you work there with? There was Tracy Williams. uh, Yeah, Tracy was great. Yeah, John John from Gresham as well. Obviously, like oh yeah, (laughs) responsible for the Pure Division coming back, isn't it? Yeah, one of the best. I mean, it's
0: it's definitely had a renaissance, you know, in the last like couple years. I think uh, people just realized the value of what it was ROH had at the time, really, and that you know it kind of subsided a little bit. It kind of went in a different direction, and then they were trying to revamp it and bring it back up. I and mean, I thought it was doing just fine. It was, you know
2: Yeah. Yeah, there were no um as, as, as a fan obviously from the outside looking in. It didn't seem like there were any any problems going on there. But, um constantly knocking out of the park some of the best put it, intended pure wrestling that there was anywhere in the world. I've spoken to I had Shane Taylor on on the show not too long ago and he said that he wasn't surprised, but then I've spoken to others who who were not surprised, uh, who were surprised, sorry. So it's it's really weird. Like, it didn't seem like anybody really knew what was going on with Ring of Honor. I was still in really good contact with the media guys in Ring of Honor who never made it even, you know, vaguely look like there was anything wrong. So it's a really weird situation. I really, really hope, really, really hope that they come back in April. It'd be amazing to see them return. Um, what, what was it like to be a part of a final battle? Because obviously that was... A big deal it was as far as a lot of fans knew that could be the last time we see anybody it was a pretty emotional night basically everybody involved in ring of honor was there all of the messages from ex-superstars people like punk cole you know daniel bryan as somebody fairly new to ring of honor you'd only worked there a handful of times like did it did it mean a lot to you to be allowed to be a part of that night
0: yeah, battle, final battle was a big event for everybody, you know, whether it's your first time at Ring of Honor, whether they were like veteran guys, uh, the atmosphere itself was something very, very strong in that building that night. I remember, you know, going into it, it was just like the unexpected, like we don't know what 2022 is going to bring for anybody. And that was the definite feeling in the building. It was like, hey, man, this could be, you know, one big last hurrah and this could just be the end of an era, but the beginning of a new, you know, come tomorrow. And we'll all find out that firsthand, I guess, as we're going through it. But it was, it, it was, I remember my brother actually lives out there in uh, Maryland and him being able to come to the arena and see me perform there. He always wanted to come and see what my, WWE, my WWE matches, but because we're out in Florida and a lot of, you know, COVID protocols still at the time, um, going into the arena there at NXT was just always a bit of like a hassle. So he never really got the chance to, and him being able to come and watch me there for final battle at the arena there in Baltimore. Uh, that was a big thing to me. You know what I mean? Like you see me wrestle some really, really, uh, shitty indie shows in front of probably maybe 10 people, you know, at like bars and nights of Columbus halls, you know, around the scene. Just awful venues. But <laughs> being able I wish you would have been able to see me in one of my WWE matches. But being able to see ROH, their final battle, that giant crowd they drew for it, man, the arena filled, the atmosphere they had that night, like that was the exact same level to me as what the WWE was that night.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's why I really hope to see it come back. But it almost it almost felt like a shame because as great as that show was I, I I wish that they had that sort of atmosphere and reaction and fan support for every every Ring of Honor show because then then they might have not found themselves in the situation that they're in. You know, oh, yes. just, COVID's been COVID's been a bitch. It's been hard. Different companies have have handled it different ways. I still think Ring of Honor did the absolute best that they could. Obviously, it came back to bite them a little bit, but you can't you can't fault them for the way that they handled it at all.
0: No, they did the best they could, man. They took care of everybody they said they were going to take care of, and they held their word on that. So, you know, I remember when we did do the peer tournament, uh, some of the guys were complaining about, like, mask stuff. Like, oh, I got to wear a mask. I got to wear a mask for this. What do I got? They had a lot. They had very strict protocols when we did the peer wrestling tournament, very strict. And, you know, just got a lot of complaints. And it was uh, it was Jay Lethal. He, like, kind of stood up and spoke up, and he was like, look, man, we've all get, been getting paid very well. The past like six months, we're doing absolutely nothing. (laughs) Let's just go along with the protocols.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just suck it
0: up. Do it this one time. Like, just get over it. Yeah. That's
2: that's how I feel about COVID in general. I don't want to get like into all the vaccine kind of stuff, but I just think like, if you want to get back to a new, you know, normal way of life, just suck it up and just deal with it. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, New Japan, I wanted to ask about New Japan, and I'll be completely honest, I think anybody who watches this show will know as well, and I'm not massively into New Japan, if I hear something really cool is going on over there, I will make sure to go out of my way to check it out, but being in the UK, I think it starts at like 3 or 4am, so it's, it's quite difficult to fit it into my schedule, there's already so much wrestling out there, so i but I know how amazing New Japan is. Whenever I watch it, it's incredible. You've obviously done some work with New Japan, like you alluded to before, with Strong. With your style, with your, your background and your technical and your mat wrestling style and, and the pure division and things like that, New Japan and their style seemed like, again, an incredible fit for you. So how did, how did your work with them come to happen and is, is that something that you're looking to do more of?
0: Um, I've had my connections with Rocky Romero, for example, for a long time. Like I said, like oh, he was okay. one of the guys that helped originally train me. Yeah. Um, but New Japan never really had too much of a USA thing kind of before. And they they did and they didn't. It was up and on, you know what I mean? Um, and they started having like their new, new USA shows right before the pandemic hit. They started doing like little touring shows. And then the pandemic hit, obviously, everything shut down. They were going to just do secluded tapings out there and you know, the West Coast. And that was when, you know, Rocky Romero had contacted me again. Like, hey, Russ, like, you're back from Germany, right? Because at the time I was doing a lot of European tours. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm back, man. You know, COVID, unfortunately, took out the rest of the tour, so I'm back. It's like, perfect. We're going to do some stuff out here for New Japan. Like, we just want to be involved. Obviously, you know, yeah, let's do it. And... When i got signed i let him know first thing and you know when i got released it was hey man i'm sorry uh to say this but i'm i better be me but i can come back to strong now anytime and probably be more of an asset to you guys and bigger name now and you know it's been great to have being back there with the guys man they have a wealthy locker room of like just knowledge and talent it's honestly it's like a top tier locker room man like being there in new japan these guys New Japan, strong the new Japan strong locker room is like one of the best locker rooms to be around man hmm. um,
2: is, it, is it? what's it like compared to like a wwe locker room because it's the two wildly different promotions they they operate very differently what
0: sort of like oh it's much more competitive i would say as far as like not like we're competing against each other but like competitive as far as like hey this is a higher standard of wrestling here man right this yeah. is you know it's new japan for wrestling like this is one of the biggest companies in the world and their namesake is staked on the fact that when that bell rings, you see some of the best wrestling you'll see around. So, yeah, it's a, I would say it's, you know, a locker room understands, hey, man, like we, we're here, we're, we're a camaraderie, but this is a place where you deliver absolutely, yeah,
2: like you say, even even as somebody who's, I wouldn't even call myself a part-time fan, I feel really bad for how little I watch it, because I know how good it is, but that's the thing, even without watching it much, I know how good it is, you know, that's the, like you say, the reputation that they've built um, yeah. so, I know we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times going into this year, and plans and things like that, but with things getting back to normal and borders starting to open up a little bit more, and protocols and processes starting to relax a little bit, what are your like immediate plans? I know you say you're sort of just very, very relaxed about it. Wait and see what happens. But in an ideal world, like we've seen, we've seen Jake Atlas, who you wrestled not too long ago, he's headed to AEW. I think he's signed a full contract with them. Could we see you potentially making a move there, or are you holding out for Ring of Honor? A return to NXT, you never know. More work for, for New Japan as travel opens back up. Like, What what do the next few months ideally look like for you?
0: Uh, there's a lot of things I would say underlining in the works, but nothing I would really talk about openly, just because, hey man, like you never call a game until it's done. <laughs> and so I don't really know, honestly. We'll see what happens. There's multiple avenues. I think I can go down this, in this, this these roads here in 2022 uh aw is obviously a possibility but like you know with the giant influx of talent they already have and it's just you know it, i mean it's obviously you're never gonna say oh hey like nah am i interested in AW? of course you're interested in aw aw is a great company to go for um but they also kind of have their system going already and hey that's fine with me you know if i like to play things out as they kind of just naturally play out you know what I mean? Like, uh, I remember, uh, I, I pushed very hard to try and like change the waves for myself there in like 2019, uh, the beginning part of it. And it worked very well. And that's where I re- and I really started making some very strong strides in the wrestling industry and getting my name and I had my own renaissance all over again. And that's what got me to get, you know, signed by WWE was this big spike of interest that caused and like that here. And you, you know thinking about it now it's like i've been resting for this as long as i have you know my name value is what it is and my worth is what it is and where it takes me it takes me and what i get i get and as those chips fall and lie i'm going to be very satisfied with myself as they go you know as you can tell like you said i'm not bitter about anything i'm not you know somebody that's going to rant about how i was didn't get my due or I should have gotten pushed harder or happened. to kept this guy and not me kind of like, no, man, like we've all got different lo- different roads in life and whatever I get going forward out of this year, honestly, man, like whether, wh- whether I, I end up at a big company with, you know, signing a new deal or if I end up uh, saying this is my last year wrestling, you know, I mean, one of the two could be, we'll see, but either way, Just know i'm always going to feel very fulfilled in my head and my heart
2: yeah and to be honest like if i if i was a promoter now and i was thinking like oh what free agents are out there obviously because of what's happened in wwe in the last couple of years they have released so 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 many really really talented wrestlers but to hear you talk about the business and you know the things that have happened to you in the last year or so but you're still very humble and you're still like i said no resentment no anger no bitterness you're not going out and talking crap about the company. You're not bad-mouthing anybody. You're the kind of guy that I would want to sign. You know, honestly, you are. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. I always... You know, I talk in group chats with friends about wrestling and we, we talk about what's going on. And a lot of the time, we're sending in tweets to each other like, oh, look at this person talking shit about WWE. Like, you know what I mean? And people who have, who have already signed with other companies are still talking about WWE. And it's just... I always think to myself, like, I, I wouldn't want to sign you because of the negativity that you could bring. You know, social media is such a powerful tool, but, like I said, to see you just, you know, just being so relaxed, very chill about it, and just waiting to see what happens, it's really... It's nice to see. It's nice to see. I appreciate that a lot. You know, It really is, honestly. Um... But, man, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the pod today. I think that's that's me done. Um, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. I really have. Um, but before I let you go, have you got any, like, independent bookings, any shows coming up anytime soon where people can find you? And, like, where can they find you on social media and all that kind of stuff?
0: Uh, yeah, social medias, Uh the underscore Taylor Rust, man, you know, I mean, I'm not the biggest social media guy, and I'll be able to be honest with you, but I mean, it's there, you know, it's there to contact, if you ever need to reach out to me, uh, check it out, I don't know, I have some cool wrestling pictures, hiking pictures, like, you know, they're nice. Um, yeah, support New Japan, man, you know, all, all of wrestling, really, support all of wrestling, is I, would say. I would always say, like, even it's stuff I'm not on, just support independent wrestling, support professional wrestling, you know, any support for it in any way from everybody, it goes a long way to us all. So, yeah, man, just keep supporting the business, you know, regardless. Yep, yeah, I could
2: not agree more. Could not agree more. Like I said, I love a bit of everything. I wish I watched New Japan more. I keep an eye on the Indies. I don't see the point in just. I don't see the point in tribalism. It doesn't. It doesn't do the business any good. Like you say, just man. just support wrestling as a whole. We love wrestling. Just just stop it. Just. just stop it. <laughs> you got it um but yeah man like i said thank you so much really appreciate you giving me your time it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you everybody who has watched this and listened like i said at the start please it really helps me if you hit subscribe if you hit follow depending on where you've got this episode from thank you once again guys i will look forward to catching you next time on it's my wrestling podcast
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop